0: I want to talk to you about being in pursuit, okay? I want to talk to you about being in pursuit. This is something that uh, God was kind of stirring in my spirit uh, the last few weeks. I've been uh, reading a book that has just, you ever get a hold of a book sometimes just talking about the things of God that just messes you up? I mean, yeah, I'm kind of there. Um, I was on a f- flight to Utah this week, and I'm like just going to town, going through this thing, because I just felt like God's stirring in me so strongly about some things. And and it led me to this this week about being in pursuit, okay? And I'm going to start by uh, sharing a little bit of a story with you uh, before we get into the Word. So I am a highly trained member of the Citizens Police Academy Alumni Association, okay? If you're not familiar with Goshen, that's called the CPAAA, as we call it around here in Goshen. And I've told you guys stories about Beth and I. So Beth and I, when we were planning the church, you know, our heart is the community. Our heart is to love this community, find every possible way that we can serve it, because we believe that's what Jesus did, right? Amen. We don't believe that we are supposed to be cooped up in this space feeling like we're safe from all of the weird strangers in the world. That's not what the church is, okay? And the minute that we get so consumed with ourselves and we find ourselves stuck in here, I'm going to put a sign on the door that says we're closed, we're moving on, okay? I think there's a lot of churches around here that need to just put a sign up that says we're moving on because we've lost the fire for our community, okay? I don't know why I got on that soapbox for a minute, but I'm going to jump off of it because I can get in trouble there. But I want to talk to you about this experience. So Beth and I went through the Citizen Police Academy, and I was, I was at work, and I saw they had put a thing up that said, hey, we're going to do a Citizen Police Academy class. It was, I don't remember what iteration, but they've done multiple. Maybe we were the 8th or the 10th class. I don't remember what it was. And uh, I sent it to Beth, and I was like, hey, do you think we could commit to this? I think it was like Thursday nights for like so many weeks. And she's like, do you think we can find a sitter to watch all of our kids? And I was like, well, if we sign up for it, they'll have to, right? Like, we'll figure it out. And... uh so we signed up and, and we went through this Citizen Police Academy and we got to do all kinds of stuff. Like, we went to the jail, um, we went to uh, the dispatch center for 911, um, we got to see the canine dog in action, chasing. Um, I got hit with things. I can't remember what they were, um, but they're like, I had to put things on and they were beating me. It was, it was not very nice. Uh, but, but one of the things that you get to do is you get to do a ride along with an officer. Has anyone done a ride-along with an officer before? Okay, a couple of them. Billy in the front of the car, not the back. (laughs) I gotta say, Billy looks really good today. He and I are like straight matching today. It's looking good. I like it, Billy. Um... So you get to do a ride along. I've I've done a ride along before with an officer, um, but as you're going through the Citizen Police Academy, they're like, listen, whatever you do, don't ride during the day. It's boring. Like nothing fun happens during the day. They're like, You gotta ride on the night shift. And so I was like, okay, I'll do it. And Bethany's like, Are you sure this doesn't make sense? Like this is you're you're not gonna and I'm like, I'm doing it. And so I rode um with an officer from I think it was from ten or eleven at night to three or four in the morning. It was something like that. It was a long time, okay, that I was just in this cop car. Um, and it was, it was great for me because I got to understand more about our community and challenges that they face and things that they see. It was, it was literally a, a phenomenal experience, but there is a, but in this story. Um, we are cruising down 28, and honestly, you're looking for trouble, right? That's literally what they do. They look for trouble so they can resolve trouble and move on with their lives. That's, the, that's like the whole – that's what a cop does, okay? I don't know if that's like in the job description, like number one, look for trouble. I don't know. But it was – that was our goal at night. So, you know, someone hit a deer. That was boring. It was annoying. It was funny, though, because the officer was like, okay, we just got called. Someone hit a deer. He's like, I hate going to these things. They're so annoying to go to, and he was like, Let's just hope that it's still somewhat alive so we can shoot it. Like literally, is that that's where it's. He's like, Let's have some fun tonight, you know. And I'm like, Okay, you know. Um, so, anyways, it wasn't unfortunately. Um, he was pretty bummed. But so we're going and doing all these things, and we're cruising down 28 at one point. And we had gotten a call that there was a guy that was kind of sneaking around back behind people's houses, walking through their properties and stuff. And so we're looking for this person to try to figure out what's going on. Are they doing something? And all of a sudden this guy is walking on 28. And so we slow, I mean, there's no traffic. Okay. There's no traffic on 28 at two in the morning, just so you know, it's wide open. Okay. So if you ever need to go to Walmart at two in the morning, you'll get there in no time. And so we, we pull up to this guy and the officer's just like, hey, buddy, what are, you, what are you doing? You know, he's just kind of feeling him out. And the guy is super annoyed that the cop is asking him anything. And he's like, I'm just walking to work, man. Like, leave me alone, you know. And it was like, it was like and I'm like in between the conversation, okay? So I'm here, cop's here, he's yelling across here. And I'm like, <laughs> um, and anyways, we, we the cop moves on. He's like, okay, whatever. And as we drive down a little bit, he's like, did he just run off into the woods? Um, and I look in the mirror and I'm like, well, I don't see him on the road. And he's like, he just took off through the woods. He's like, something is going on. So he, he pulls the car around like nobody's business. Okay. They do a lot of that, by the way, if you've ever rode with them, you will get very close to Jesus, um, spins the car around. And he flies into this. This is a house. It's an abandoned property, okay? There's, there's, this house has been standing there for a long time, but there has no one been close to it in a very long time. It is a straight-up creepy house to be at at 2 in the morning, okay? Completely wooded, overgrown. It is a hot mess there, okay? And so he pulls, he whips into here, slams into the park, and hands me a flashlight and says two words, let's go. <laughs> now, my instinct was like, okay, yeah, you know, and so I, I fling the door open. He flings his door open. He starts running through the woods, and I'm running through the woods with this flashlight. And I got, I get about three steps out of this car, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, look at him. He's got all this gear. He's, he's got a gun, man. Like, I got boots and a flannel. Okay, like that's it. That's all I've got. And I'm running, and I'm like, what, am, what do I do if I find this guy? Like, what? I don't have no idea. So we're, we are, we are. We are in pursuit, right? Like we are chasing, we are running through this. We are are literally going through the field, okay? Um, and the thing that get, the reason I tell you that story is because I can remember the adrenaline, the passion, the fire of being in pursuit, right? Like your adrenaline is going. You're giving it everything you got, even when you realize I am not prepared for this. I was in, like I was. I was all in. And what I think about in our own lives is what are we in pursuit of? Because I really think if you think about it, all of us are in pursuit of something. There is something that you are going after. There is something that you desire. Listen, it could be a hundred million different things, and I'm not going to start listing all that they would be. But I want you to think about this tonight. What are you truly in pursuit of? of, right? In this situation, we thought that there was some sort of trouble and this guy was doing something and we were in pursuit of this guy. We were going to find this guy in these woods. See, because when you're in pursuit of something, you will spend energy, time, focus. You will lay other things aside, right? I lay, a, I, I took you know, my common sense <laughs> and pushed it way to the side <laughs> when I was in pursuit like this. So I want you to be thinking about this tonight. What are you in pursuit of? I'm going to ask you to turn with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, we're going to read verses one through three as we begin talking about this. And I, I believe that there's a, a couple of things that um, God is preparing for. So now I, I will warn you that a couple weeks ago, I was really digging into the fact that we need to know who Jesus is not only who Jesus was, okay? We can't go on through our lives only knowing Jesus is the person who healed the blind man. We need to have a personal relationship, a personal encounter with Jesus. Because if you don't, it will be a whole lot harder to do this Christian thing, okay? A whole lot harder. And honestly, quite impossible. But John 17, I want to read verses one through three here. It says, when Jesus had spoken words. He lifted up his, high, his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this, say this, and this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I want to read that one more time. And this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I want you to think about this for a minute. When we often read about eternal life, we think about one thing. Heaven. Right. We think about heaven. We think about eternity, how God's going to bring us into that place for those who have accepted him. Right? We're going to go into eternity and, be, and have this eternal life. But what's interesting about this passage is it's saying something different. It is saying this is eternal life, that they know you. See, eternal life, part of what it is, is it is the knowledge of, of God. Eternal in the Greek means without beginning and end, that which has always been and always will be. I believe that God is calling us to be in pursuit of the knowledge of him, okay? What's interesting about the day and the age that we live in is we have access to more information than we have ever had in our lives. Google is like my best friend, <laughs> Google makes me look very smart at work. It helps me solve lots of complicated problems, right? But we, we know more about what's happening all around the world. We know more about what's happening in our homes, in our work, in our bodies. We have more information on all of this than we've ever had before. I have this watch on my hand, on my arm, I guess. That's my wrist, I'm sorry. I'm not good at body things, okay? This is why I'm not a doctor, okay? Um, It would be very bad if I was a doctor. So I think I've told you guys the story about my watch and how um, I had a, a good friend. He uh, he and his wife are Apple freaks. They love all Apple devices. They're just – they're all into it. And uh, um, they called me one day, and uh, they said, hey, we're getting the new Apple watches. And I was like, aren't you cool? Because um, I don't have stuff like that usually. And uh, um, they were like, we were going to trade in our old ones, but they're not going to give us more than like 75 bucks for them. Do you guys just want them? Because we would rather you just get to have them and use them. And I was like, yeah, That's awesome, right? And so now that I've had this thing for a while, um, I've got all these things that I don't do a lot with it, to be quite honest with you. Um, It helps me know when I get an email or when I get a text. The best thing that it does, it keeps me from having to pull my phone out and look at it. I just go like this, and I go, oh, and then I move on with my life, okay? I like it. It's convenient. But there's a little button here that I can push that will literally tell what my heart rate is. Now, if you think about the information that we have, act, now, I don't know how accurate this is. I think it's okay. Um, I don't know how accurate it is or anything like that, right? But it not only gives me my my heart rate, but it gives me a graph of what my heart rate has been for the last day, right? It's like by hour, I can see what's happened with my heart rate, right? Um, I can, I can, I can fall and trade it. We have more information than we have ever had at our disposal about ourselves, about the world, our homes, or whatever it is. Right? We got this great Wi-Fi enabled thing. When I was in Utah, they were. Um, I was walking through. Uh, it's a, it's a company that we work with, and they, uh, uh, they're like a um, Bass Pro Shops or a Cabela's, right? Uh, it's called Sportsman's Warehouse up in um, Utah. And as we're walking through, they're like, "Dude, you got to look at this grill." And this is a grill that is Wi-Fi enabled that you can tell what the temperature is inside the grill. Um, and there's a there's a thermometer probe to know exactly what the temperature is inside the meat that you're cooking. It's like this wood pellet. So it's like, it's crazy, right? You can have all that from your phone. Chris and I have been talking about putting things um, like that for like the thermostats at the church and I can control them wherever I'm at. Like we have more information than we honestly know what to do with. But with as much information as we have, We are finding ourselves knowing less and less and less about the things of God. We are more disconnected from him than I believe we have ever been. There's this great falling away that is taking place because we don't know. Listen, it is too cumbersome to read this, right? But we can scroll through Facebook for days and read nonsense, right? Cat memes, right? (laughs) Whatever the yelling cat meme thing is, I don't know, people. We as a people have always been in this pursuit for knowledge, always. People want to know things. I used to tell people, listen, when I when I was uh young and I was going through jobs, I was I was a little different when I would look at different career opportunities because I wouldn't look so much at the pay, I would look at the learning opportunity behind it. And I would say, "Okay, um, I, I literally took a job once because it was, gonna, it was going to be a pay cut, but I knew that the knowledge that I was going to gain from the job was going to help me further on in what I wanted to do in my life, right? Knowledge is this thing that we are constantly in pursuit of. We want to know uh, uh, different, how to do things. We want to know all these different things. And, but at the same time, we are not pursuing the knowledge of God the way that we pursue everything else, We're not going after it the same way. We're not giving it the same attention. We're not giving it the same respect. We're not giving it the same time that we give everything else. We are forsaking the fact that we are to know him. And we're allowing everything else to get in the way. We're confused about theology. We're confused about generosity. We're confused about tithing. We're confused about how to appropriately show love to someone because we're worried that if we show love to them, but then they do something that's not in the Bible or that's not good in the Bible, that we're gonna look bad because we're gonna be showing them love and we can't show them love because if people think that I love them, that people are gonna think that I'm okay with what they're doing. And But to be quite honest, I don't actually know where the Bible says what they're doing is wrong or right or whatever it is because I actually don't know the word. And so we're in this, this point of torment where we just say, well, I want to be careful because if I love them and if I'm kind to them, then people might think I'm a bad Christian. I tell you, there was someone in my life once who was broken. They were addicted. They were a hot mess. And you know what I did? I called them one day and I said, hey, I just want to call you and tell you that God has more for your life. Like God wants to free you of this bondage that you are in. And God, God stirred you in my heart this morning while I was driving to work. To, this is someone that I never talk to, okay, never. And I call them and I tell them and I pray for them and I spend this time just trying to encourage them and they cry weeping to me and they say, no one knows what I'm going through. No one knows how I feel. You're the only person who's reached out and tried to love me in this time. And you know What happened? I got a call from someone else and said, why did you try to call them and encourage them? And I said, because God wants them. See, we need to get in pursuit of some of the people that God has placed in our lives that everyone is telling you, no, 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 they're messed up, man. They've fallen way off the wagon. They're so far away. They are so deep in sin. Listen, we are supposed to be the people that are going to go in pursuit of the ones that are lost, guys. This is why I say we cannot miss the fact that there is a community that desperately needs a savior, right? We cannot lose that, and part of the problem that we're having is because the media has portrayed so much to us about what Christianity is, and we're just believing the media as opposed to believing what the word of God says, right? Beth and I, when, when we get into the word about things, um, it's funny because some, sometimes we find something that's very contrary to what we've learned in church culture, very, very different. We were, we did dinner with close friends of ours last night and we were like, do you know that the word of God never says blah, 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 but in church culture everywhere, this is all we do. And they were like, wait, yeah, it's not there. (laughs) And see what we have been, we have, we've been conditioned to do things in such a way. And you know what we're doing? We're just accepting it at face value and we're not seeking the knowledge of God. We're not seeking to understand this. Let me ask you this. Are we reading more about what's happening politically than we are about who God is? Are we we reading more about how to cook, clean, organize, prioritize, be healthy than we are actually know who God is? These aren't bad things, guys. There's nothing wrong with with wanting to um, use this awesome pellet grill thing, right? (laughs) Right? The problem is is we're getting so consumed by everything else and we are not consumed at all with our Savior, right? We are not losing our minds about who he is and his character and the way that he wants to love us. And the problem is we aren't in pursuit of the knowledge of God. And we don't know how to get ourselves there, right? We We want another church service, another conference, another worship night, another book, another revelation, another prophecy. I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but the reality is, you know what we need to do? We need to invest in relationship. I I read it put this way. The knowledge of God is about relationship. Knowledge of God is all about relationship, but relationship is about intimacy. And intimacy... All it is, is it's vulnerability that leads to trust and manifests love. Does that make sense? Intimacy is vulnerability that leads to trust and manifests love. And get this, intimacy is what will fuel your pursuit for the things of God. See, we don't get into the intimate place anymore. We're ashamed of it, right? We, you know, one of the things that we did here as a church about a year ago, is we said, you know what? The first from 430 to 505 before we start service, we're going to close those doors. We're going to put a sign out there and we're going to take time to seek God before we ever get into worship. That means we're not going to be in here talking about what happened this week. And listen, you, you guys know us as a church and as a body, we are all about relationships. Like we, are, we, are, we, we invest into it. We do a lot of things around it. That's why we go out every Saturday. Together. Like all these things we do a lot around relationships. And one of the things God was saying is, why don't you carve out some time for them to invest in their relationship with me? And so we said, okay. And so the first 35 minutes of every Saturday service, this, those doors get closed. There's worship. And we pray right? We pray to God. Sometimes there's five of us. Sometimes there's 10 of us, but you know what? We're just taking time to pray and seek him, right? That's, that's, that's investing in the relationship of who God is because we have to be willing. Listen, a relationship is not good enough to watch from afar, right? That's not, that's not forming true relationship if we're not pursuing it, Okay. Bethany, I'll tell this story about her, and it's very true. I'm not telling it because she's downstairs with the kids, okay? Um, so you guys can fact-check me later. Um, she'll tell you all about it. Um, fact-check me. Does that, do they do that to pastors too? They do, don't they? Oh, man, that could be bad. I mess up a lot, just so you know. Um, I get it out of the way right now. So when Bethany and I were in high school, uh, Bethany and I had a class that was literally right across the hall from each other. She, she was in photography right over here, and I was in CAD something. It was like CAD 3 or 4. It was literally just a made-up class because we had already done all of the other CAD drawing classes, and the teacher was like, you guys are doing really good. We'll just create CAD 4, and we just went to CAD 4, and there was like eight of us in this class. And so, But I was in class over here, and Beth was in class over there. Um, now, before I ever knew who Bethany was – before anything ever happened, she she tells me the story. She's like, Do you know that um before we ever talked, before we ever had a conversation, I would watch you in the hallways going to that class, and I would say, That's creepy. <laughs> I say it every time. She's like, It wasn't weird. Um, and she said she said to me, she says, I would watch you and I would always think, hmm. Maybe, you know. Now, I will tell you, and she will gladly tell you, that at that point, my choice of clothing attire wasn't great, okay? Um, I wasn't so fashionable, okay, as I am today, like me and Billy are, right? Um, And she, and I'll tell you, the first two years that Bethany and I were together, all she got me was clothes, like mounds and mounds and mounds of clothes, like, we're going to fix this so this can work out. Um... But she, she would watch me, okay? She would watch me and I had zero clue, right? No clue, have nothing. There listen, I'm a guy. I most of the time I'm clueless anyways, okay? And so but she, she would watch me, she would watch me, she and let me tell you, if it stopped right there, there would never have been a relationship. Right? Now, eventually what happened is my, Bethany worked at La Rosa's in Goshen, and my mom and dad went to get uh, pizza, okay? And uh, Bethany, you know how shy and uh, quiet that she can be, um, especially to strangers at first. And literally, uh, my dad walks up, and she saw that the name said Curie, and she said, uh, are, you, are you related to Tom Curie? And my dad was like, yeah, that's my favorite son. Um <laughs> I don't remember all the details. Uh, and she said to him, she said, tell him he has the most beautiful eyes. That's bold for Bethany, right? <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, you know, I was at the house just praying uh, hours upon hours. Uh <laughs> no. No, but I was, I was sitting on our front porch and I was playing guitar because that's what I love to do. I, I would sit on the front porch and I would play guitar for hours and hours and hours. I was trying to figure out how to do this thing. And uh, um, and my mom and dad walks in and my mom is like, Hee. she's like, Gling. she's so like, she's into all this. And uh, and uh, she's like, um, well, we have a message for you. And she tells me that, you know, this Bethany Pendergrass girl told me that I have the most beautiful eyes. And my mom's like, so who's Bethany? And and I looked at her and said, I'll be quite honest with you, I have no clue who she is. Um, but if she had never took a step, right, like that, that literally was the beginning of creating some sort of possibility for a relationship. It wasn't until a year later that we actually ended up being in a relationship, okay? But see, too many people are looking at God from way back here. And they're saying, you know what, I'm looking and I'm seeing people who are, who are talking with him. I'm seeing people who are in communion with him. And I'm seeing people who are in relationship with him. And I'm thinking, hmm, <laughs> right? And there are many of us who are claiming that we're in relationship with him, but we are still way back here. So far away from him because we're intimidated by him. see we think we're not good enough we think that we're not smart enough we think that we're not we're uh, uh, we're never going to be good enough we've got all these faults we've got all these problems we've got all these failures we've got all this dirt we've got all this baggage and the reality is is we're so far from being able to be in a relationship with him and it's not his choosing because we're sitting back here and you know the thing about God is all we've got to do is say, you know what, (laughs) I think he's got beautiful eyes. (laughs) I know that sounds a little funny, but... Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. I want to. I this is this is a passage. I know I have read this passage multiple times. It's, it's one of my most loved passages and one of the most terrifying passages at the exact same time. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I want to read this to you, Matthew 7, verses 22 23 because I think we need an understanding. Uh, we need an understanding of what pursuing God is and what it isn't. Okay? Matthew 7, 22 through 23 says this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I I declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you depart from me you workers of lawlessness the problem that's being addressed here is the blatant the blatant lack of relationship right it's relationship that is the problem it's relationship that god is looking at and saying i never knew You You know what that means? It means you can prophesy, you can preach, you can cast out demons, you can perform miracles, you can perform signs, you can perform wonders, but you can still be so incredibly far away from the heart of God. That's terrifying to me, right? This comes down to this. Works is not pursuing God. I want you to get this into your spirit so strong because I don't care if you never clean the church. I don't care if you never serve in in a small group. I don't care if you never participate on the worship team. I don't care about any of that. I care that you get close to the heart of God amongst everything else that you could possibly do. We will fail you as pastors, as servants, if we don't get you to a place that you are close to the heart of God. I don't care how dirty these floors Get. I would rather this place be a train wreck, but every single one of us would be passionate and closer to the Holy Spirit and to the Father and to Jesus than we have ever been. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We need to be close to Him. It's a lack of pursuit because we think that if we feel XYZ in the church, that those works qualify as being hungry for God. It's not it right? That's not pursuing him in relationship. Works is not pursuing God. Now works are good, right? I'm not saying works are bad. There are things that when you are pursuing God, naturally you are going to have a response to him that is in, it is going to embody servantship, right? That's what it's going to do. And I tell people all the time I, I was um, at that that church planners um, uh, conference in Indianapolis two weeks ago um, and one of the things that I told them they were talking about your leadership team and how you build a le- leadership team and build your launch team and all this in the church and I and I and I, and I, and I, I I'm, I'm a poker, right? I like to poke things and, and stir people up. And, and the, the first thing I said is I said, hey, um, one thing that I would advise is we don't call our team a leadership team. We call them a servantship team because our job is to serve amongst all us. Because guess what? I'm going to be led by the father, right? I'm going to lean on him for whatever he says, whatever it looks like, whatever he, whatever he wants. I'm going to lean on him because at the end of the day, all I am is a servant, Bethany, it was funny, we, 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 as we've been going to these conferences, um, she said to me, um, we were talking about uh, cards, because I always hand out church invite cards as my business cards for the church. I am always like, call me, man. I'd love to help you. And they're like, well, your name's not on here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, because I never really wanted one of those things. And so Bethany's making me one now so I can hand for people. And she says, what do you want it to say? I said, I want you to have my name on it. And under it, I want it to say servant. That's all I want it to say. That's it. That's it. See, when you, when you fall in love with God and you, and you get a hold of this and you get a hold of being hungry for the knowledge of God, all of a sudden, all of this status and all of this symbol and all of these things that you think you have to climb, it doesn't matter because all you want to do is you just want to serve in love. I went to a church once and they were walking and they were asking, Hey, what do you feel called to? What do you feel called to? What do you feel called to? And they were going around it was a group of young adults, and Bethany and I were there, and they came to me and they're like, What do you feel called to? And I said, I feel called to love people like Jesus did. And they were like, Okay, cool. <laughs> is that worship ministry or is that young adult? Um, which one is it? No. No, 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 man. All people. Like I want to break down not just denominational barriers, I want to break down generational barriers that we're building up within the church where we're saying, old people over here, (laughs) keep your distance from these youngins because they're going to freak you out. (laughs) No, I'm like, hey, I want this older generation to come teach and mold and just pour into and mentor this younger generation so that they can capture what you wish you would have captured then, Right? But see, it's all, listen, you can be in pursuit of the knowledge of God when you fall in love with God. That's it. Amongst, above everything else, above everything else you could wish, everything else you could think, we have to want to pursue him, right? Our heart, and I say that, myself, Bethany, everyone that's here, our heart is that each of us desire intimacy with him above all else. That's it. I want you to get it. I've told you many times that Bethany and I sometimes we just want to shake people. (laughs) Like, are you listening? (laughs) Get it? Like, we want it in your spirit. Because listen, when you get a hold of the Holy Spirit and it transforms you, you can't be the same. You can't. It's it's literally impossible to be the same. It doesn't happen. Your thoughts, your desires, your passions, your hunger, they all change. And listen, it doesn't matter who you are or what, you, what your situation is or where you are in life, whether you've got things, whether you don't have things, none of it matters because we're all in pursuit of something, right? Every single one of us. Every single one of us is in pursuit of something. And as you think about what you're in pursuit of, I want you to think about this. Will your pursuit produce something that's really worth pursuing? Whatever Whatever you're pursuing, I want you to think about whatever that thing is. Once you get there, what happens, right? What happens next? I think there's a lot of people that in their jobs, they get hungry and pursue to climb the ladder. You know what happens once you take that next step? You know what there's above that? Another step. (laughs) And then another step. And another step. And you know what? Um, I'm not going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, you did a great job as a vice president of a company. Great job. Right? (laughs) You really knew how to climb the ladder, Tommy boy. (laughs) No. Right? Right? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, right? That's, that's what we want to get to. We want to get to a place, to a position where we can embrace servantship to such a way that all of the other things that we think we need in life, all the other things that we think we need to pursue, that car, that job, that raise, that house, that whatever, right? So I was telling you about my pursuit story, right? I'm running through the woods with this cop. For those of you who just stepped in, I was not running in the woods from the cop, okay? Uh, (laughs) That would be a very different story. Um, Running through the woods with the officer, flashlight in hand, running through here, looking for this guy, right? Looking for this guy ran off from us as I'm doing this ride along. And I I mean, I'm, I'm chucking it. Creepy, weird, dark, mysterious house next to us. That I'm kind of like, you know. As you're running, you're kind of like, ah, you know, one of these, you know. Uh, Make sure he's not back there or something. Um, and uh, as we're running, all of a sudden, you know, because he he called in to let people know, hey, we're we're on we're on foot pursuit. Um, we're we're chasing some guy through the woods, and he calls it in, and uh, um, we get a we get a call a little bit into our fiasco where we're running through the woods. And the officer says, hey, we got him. And we're like, oh, where was he? And if, I, I can't remember if I told you at the beginning of the story, but when we first saw him, we said to him, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just going to work. That's all he was trying to do. He's just walking to work. He, he was just at work. <laughs> he wasn't ever in the woods. He never ran in the woods, right? Never ran from us. He was never there. He told us where he worked, and come to find out, they walk, they drive over, the other police go there, and there's the dude just hanging out there, ripping on a cig, like, I'm good, bro. <laughs> what are you guys looking at me for? I told the dude that I was going to work, and I told him that I worked here. I'm just here. So first off, that officer had a lot of egg on his face <laughs> once that happened, um, and he got some heat from the other officers, which was uh, comical, but but as I was thinking about that, we were in pursuit of something that was never going to produce any results. We were spending a lot of energy, time. There was some element of risk, weird creepy house. Um that we were we were in pursuit, right? We we were in. Like we were we were going after it with everything we got. And I wonder if there's so many of us that today are in pursuit of something that all of a sudden you're going to find out it didn't matter. It wasn't what it was supposed to be about. It wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't what God wanted from me. He wanted He wanted to be in a relationship with me. See, Bethany and I, by all, by all, church planning rules, um, most people shouldn't even talk to us about church planning, right? Because when it comes to church planning, there are, we've got church planners all over the nation that are planning churches of five, six, seven hundred people. It's crazy, right? It doesn't make any sense. But when we started this pursuit that we're in, our pursuit wasn't for filled pews. Right? Our pursuit was for changed hearts, changed lives, freshness, newness, deliverance, freedom, joy. That's our heart, right? That's what, that's what we want. Listen, we walk and we live in that, and we want everyone to experience that every day of your life, every moment of the day. You don't have to wait right you don't have to wait for a moment you don't have to wait for an experience right see many of you have heard the story of Martha and Mary in the book of Luke right and Jesus was at their house and Martha was busy you know she's getting everything together you know Jesus is here you know we got to get things together and and Mary is just spending time with him Martha's frustrated, like, come help me, right? You know, she's, she's like, come on, we, we got to do all this. And as we read this, it's really easy to miss the presence of God when it's right here with us. Martha wasn't an evil person, right? Martha wasn't a bad person. Martha was part of why Jesus was there to begin with. But she was so busy working for God, right? Working for God while he was sitting in the other room, right? He was sitting in there waiting for someone to be in his presence. That's what he wanted. And we are so consumed. And listen, I fall victim to this a lot. I've told you guys many times I'm a doer, right? I love, I love to do. That's, always, that's just my nature. It's the way I've always been wired, okay? Even as, a, even as a little kid, I've always been that way. But he doesn't need me to do, right? He wants me to be in his presence. He wants me to be close to him. He wants me to be in relationship with him. He wants me to have moments of intimacy, so that my passion and my fire for the knowledge of God will continue to grow. Because as long as I'm standing way back here and I'm just, I'm just watching from a distance, and I'm just thinking, man, Jesus is awesome. <laughs> Look at him go, <laughs> you know. As long as I'm back here and I'm disengaged, I'm not going to experience it. This is eternal life that we would know God, right? We would know him, that we would know his son. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. Being in pursuit of God looks wildly different than what you might imagine. When we think about being in pursuit, we think about chasing, right? We think about running, think about going. But, you know, pursuing God looks a whole lot more like stillness than it does anything else. You know, I knew God was stirring this in my heart today. And when I got here this morning, I came and I sat right there in that pew and the first thing I usually do is I, uh, I, I've usually got notes that are already that I've already started on that I, I've already you know been working on all week long that felt like God was stirring in my heart and and, and all these things and um, I, I usually have that together and I didn't today I knew what God was speaking into my spirit and I sat there and the first thing that I normally would do is I would open up my laptop and I would start typing thoughts and ideas and 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 I sat there and he said just sit. Just sit. And I was like, that's weird. (laughs) Because I'm a doer, right? So I just sat there. No music, no nothing. I just sat there and sat there. I sat there in the stillness. And you know what? As I was sitting there, he said, this is is what, I I knew it was going to be in pursuit. This is what it feels like to be in pursuit of me. (laughs) Listen. God wants to be in such, such a relationship with you. And I hope, I hope that you feel my heart in this, that I want this for you above all else. I want this more than tithes. (laughs) I don't care about it. (laughs) I want this more than attendance. Listen, I've said it before. Many of you have heard me. I don't care if you ever come here again if at the end of the day you walk out of here and you are passionate and you are in communion with God every, asp- every minute of the day. That is such a victory for the kingdom, right? I want you to experience him to this level, and he wants you to experience him. See, we're all in pursuit of something. But I believe that it is time for us to be in pursuit of him right? We need to be in pursuit of him. We need to long for him. We need to, we need to want to know him. We need to, we, we need to want to answer these questions, right? That we can't answer today. We need to want to be in this world. We need to want and desire this above all else. And we can't do it from back there watching. I told, I've told you many times the vision that Bethany had before we planted this church. And it was this pastor up here, wielding the word, and everyone, when they got done, they came up here and they laid their Bibles up on the altar and they walked out. That's wrong. It's not my job to wield the word for you, right? I'm gonna share the word, I'm gonna be in the word for myself, for my spirit, that I can get better. But at the end of the day, he wants a relationship with you.